I've, I've got some information. I've got some information from you from the shipping container. Some dude on Twitter says he's going to LA. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's it. That's some dude who apparently is close to LeBron is tweeting people, telling them, trophy time, get ready to all the people in LA. Tweet Kyle Kuzma, you tweet a carry champion, you know, all the Laker luminaries. Right, but who is this dude? Like, I have dudes, you know, they're tweeting me that he's coming to Miami. He's, so. he's some dude. He's, he's no inferno, let me put it that way. He's no inferno? No, he's okay. just some dude need to pump up my main man cuffs. First of all, we like on this show and in life, I like to buy value stocks, buy them low before they pop, right? You like to buy low, sell high. I told you guys about Cuffs the Legend a while back. He's been out there, you know, Kevin Durant's in his Instagram mentions. Uh, He's friendly with LeBron. He's got an in with the NBA players. I'm just telling you guys, you want to buy an early NBA stock. This guy is funny. He's interesting. He's plugged in. You've got to kind of read between the lines as to what he's saying on some stuff. Our next guest is an NBA analyst, a basketball trainer, and a social media influencer. He goes by the name of Cuffs the Legend. And you can follow him on Twitter right there. At Cuffs, C-U-F-F-S, The Legend. In the professional podcasting world, the people are represented by two separate and equally important groups. The media herbs on TV who never got any playing time. And the basketball minds who got their 12th grade basketball shoes from the local drug dealer. These are their stories. Oh, yes. Welcome to the Some Do Show. I am your host, Cuffs the Legend. There's no other podcast like this in the entire world. Count up the bands sticking up. No rubber bands picking up. Tennis so heavy, can pick it up. Came with the gang, myriad. I see you with the lyrics. Where's my root, mysterious? My whip from fast, furious. Curtains we got on tears. I get the calms, period. Color the ice, Siberia. I just want to say the price is going up. Sit up. Oh, I just forgot where I was. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Sit up. Oh, get up, beach. Get up, beach. Get up. Came with a wig. Split up. I got John Wick. Hit up. I'm going to go get, get up. Came with the army, army, army. Yeah. The people around me still the same. We just want party, 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 yeah. We ride here, we'll never change. Count up the bands sticking up. No rubber bands picking up. Tennis so heavy, can pick it up. Came with the gang, yeah. I see you with the lyrics. Where's my roof? Yes. My whip from fast. Yes. Cause we got Yes. you gonna do i'm gonna pull up with the crew when i'm off the juice i like to hang out the roof i'm rocking jewels i like when the diamonds they move i just go through i do not wait in the queue baby baby pinky ready ready hey p navy navy saying like two mercedes i come when they pay me The NBA playoffs, Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. 
It's about to get real spicy, baby. Luka Donich. Jason Tatum. Steph Curry. Ooh. Jimmy Damn Butler. Who y'all got? I need them NBA Finals predictions. We got Nick right on the Some Do Show. Oh. Where did all my exes go? Text the X and O's. Guess the car drop as far as our connection goes. With top floors, spitting blessed flows. Extra on the cash, need mine for as extra goes. Off charts, I'm running my way up. Niggas ain't fucking my player. Shot clock violation, and I'm still chucking my jail. They playing hard, I'm star player. So playing with y'all, feel like I'm running the layup. I'm on top of the globe. And everything I touch, fire hand top of the stove. I go through emotions, but some I'm just not finna show. Haven't I proved to you I'm always hot when it's cold? Haven't I proved, nigga, that I always got what it takes? Ain't no stopping the brakes. They try blocking my chase, I'm still jogging in place. Wonder why I'm the golden child, it's not a mistake. We press niggas and speaking cold like locking the safe. Trying to go up on me is like hopping in place. I know I'm in. But she just got this sort of anger against me. Some do show. They want to kill me, drive by and throw shots at my grave. It's crazy. But all gravy because I'm getting cash money now. Way before I love me now. The show's over 100,000. That's why I see you niggas now. Don't want to powwow. The mic made me like Mike and I ain't low bow wow. Life is all a gamble and you got to put some thousands down. Win a couple games now and you the man around town. Now you fucking pretty brown rounds from the Liddy town. And hoping that it lasts forever. They don't ever forget you now. Ooh, I, I ain't really been to the city so long. You know, I'm not here to take any size. I'm not here to choose size. I just know good music when I hear it. Tori be talking. Shots coming from the other side. Shooters like a bitch from that meme. Double homicide. And I remember nights in that kitchen mixing that jambalaya. Hundred thousand money kind of watching all the numbers fly. Why would a nigga lie? High the civic flow. I had to turn it to my just to drive. I remember days microwaving stovers. Fucking different hoes in my sister ride. Hating me is hating God. Planning all of his design. Book busy and big plotting. All my niggas been in the field like picking cotton. Pop my shit. Made all this money. Imagine me switching options. Knowing that I'm as cold as Dipping dying, my flow's just hitting pockets. Voice just sound angelic. Pull up on bitches like Michael Jack and push out the pelvic. She gon' dive in it face first without no helmet. And Dan, she don't wanna look no type of way, but can't help it. I'm truly the man. Look what I do with a plan. Diamond setting whiter than the brightest, a clue in the clan. I told her sit in the sun, you look brand new with a tan. Yo, old nigga was broke, you look brand new with some bands. 2022 now, and judging on the deal I struck in 2021, I probably won't need a new advance. They try to hold me back, but I've been out just skipping steps like a ruined dance watching all the flaws of you niggas flying the crew to friends make sure you call your mother and make sure you tell your mother to subscribe to the some dude show apple podcast spotify google podcast and stitcher 
Subscribe to the show. Spread the word. Some do show. I just feel like we got to start appreciating life more. We got to start appreciating the little things more. Because this life is just a rental car. We only get one. James Harden, step to the podium, James Harden, because the jig is hovering. James Harden, did you quit on three NBA basketball teams in a span of 18 months, James? Did you quit on two NBA basketball teams in the same season, James? I'm going to say it. Nobody else wants to say it, but you're on the Some Do Show right now with Cuffs the Legend. I don't think James Harden loves playing basketball anymore. I think James Harden loves the money. He loves the fame. He loves those shrimp Alfredo turkey legs at the Turkey Leg Hut in Houston. James Harden loves all the perks that comes with being an NBA superstar. But I don't think he loves the game anymore. Like my dad always say, he ain't got that fire. He ain't got that fire. It ain't in him. I don't think it's in him, man. I don't think James Harden has it in him anymore. Because I think James Harden finally realizes that he can no longer manipulate the rules anymore. The NBA referees are no longer falling for all that flopping, fuckery, all that flopping foolishness. You got to play real basketball now, James. Because the street's saying James Harden is Catino Mobley with a Rick Ross beard. (laughs) The streets is saying James Harden is Denver Nuggets Nick Van Exel with a six-car garage. The streets is also saying that James Harden is Moochie Norris. With a little baby backstage pass. (laughs) Y'all want one more for the road? The streets is saying. The jig is saying. That James Harden. Is Harold Miner. With financial freedom. The jig is hovering James. And I'm seeing a lot of people try to compare. Apples to pineapples. I'm seeing a lot of Chris Paul slander. The Phoenix Suns demise is not Chris Paul's fault. We would not slander Chris Paul, but we will slander Moochie Harden. The jig is hovering. Welcome to the Some Dude Show. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the Some Do Show. I got some heat for y'all, man. You know, I always ask the people what they want. I always go out here. I always make sure I interact with the fans of the Some Do Show. And I ask them, you know, who do y'all want to hear on the Some Do Show? And my next guest, he got a lot of votes. He's He's been getting a lot of votes. You know, this guy right here is the pride and joy of Kansas City, Missouri. You seen him on Fox Sports. Uh, first things first on FS1. He also has a new podcast out right now called What's Right. One of the realest guys on TV today in the sports media. I want to welcome to the Some Do Show, the man who flame broils LeBron haters with surgical precision on a daily basis, man. Welcome to the Some Do Show, my guy. Nick Wright. Cuffs, thank you. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to finally be on. It's a hell of an introduction. It's much, much greatly appreciated. How are you doing today? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm watching these NBA playoffs. So let, let's jump right in. Let's jump yep. right in. Is this Lucas League once LeBron James retires, Nick? Well, I'm not. Listen, I think, and this isn't because of a white black thing, uh, but I think, and I, there is an element of in the '80s, it was not one guy's league; it was two guys' league. It was Magic's league, and it was Bird's league. And I think we are right now, and I think you could argue it started last season. We are entering the Giannis and Luca era. I think those two guys are, I said before the playoffs this year, and folks that I was way over my skis, but I think I've been vindicated, that they're already the two best players in the league, Giannis and Luka. And a lot of, you know, that wasn't disrespect to KD. It was just really respect for those two guys. And I don't think, so I think that there's going to be a battle because they're such different players, just by the way, like Bird and Magic were, different players, different stylistically, and they're in opposite conferences. I thought that's the finals we were going to get this year, but Tatum's game six, you know what I mean, ended up throwing a wrench in that. But, yeah, I mean, I think Luka is already a top-two guy. I think, and I, I don't know if you saw it, about two months ago I said – Year four, LeBron James, without another all-star anywhere near the team, shockingly to many, carried his team to the NBA Finals. And that's what I said I thought Luka was going to do. And as of recording, we're one series away. So do you really think it's going to happen? Because you predicted Luka to go to the Finals, right? You say this is going to be his 2007 LeBron James type run. Yes. Well, I think, listen, I think they already got through the biggest hurdle. I, I think Golden. I think Dallas is a terrible matchup for Golden State. I think that what's going to happen is you're going to have real, real problems if you're the if you're the Warriors in who you can and who you can't play because I'm not. They have to play Jordan Poole in order to be able to score. But Jordan Poole, the way they pretended that Luca was this unplayable defensive player, Jordan Poole actually is. And if you have two, and now Steph has improved as a defensive player, but all the Mavs want to do is run a thousand pick and rolls. Yeah. And I just think they're going to be able to pick on Jordan Poole. And if they put, hey, if Jordan Poole isn't out there, then who on the Warriors can you really rely on for scoring? Clay every once in a while at this point, but it's just Steph. 
And that's a hell of a burden for Steph to carry. So, yeah, I think that I think that the biggest hurdle for the Mavs to get in the finals was the Phoenix Suns. They just beat the Suns on their court in seven. I don't think this thing goes seven. I, I think the Mavs. I, I think the Mavs. I don't want to say make light work of the Warriors. That doesn't show enough respect to them. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Mavs went in five. Holy shit! So you saying the Mavs in in five or Mavs in six? Yeah. Uh, the, the smarter pick is Mavs in six. The gutsier pick and kind of where my actual heart is is Mavs in five. But I do not think this goes seven, and I do not think the Warriors win. Oh, my God. You're hearing it right now on the Some Dude Show live with Cuff the Legend. So, so Draymond Green. So, you don't see Draymond Green matching up with Luka at any point in this series? Well, I, I think he'll try to, but I think that, that, you know, the Mavs will just consistently run pick and rolls to try to get him off him. And... Draymond wasn't – if Draymond guards Luka, then all of a sudden the Warriors aren't going to have anybody at the rim. I guess if they – it's just the Warriors are in a rough spot because if Draymond's your rim defender, then okay, that's fine. But then if you want him guarding Luka, Luka will pull him away from the basket and find people. If you say, okay, we're going to have Draymond out there and, and Kavon Looney as a rim defender, then you definitely can defend. But then you have two – Warriors that you don't have to guard. Like, I, I don't think you can survive having two total non-offensive factors out there. And so, and I thought, I said this on the TV show after game six of Suns Maps, that the most important part of game six was for the first time this entire postseason, Spencer Dinwiddie saw some shots go in. <laughs> and then you saw him carry that in game seven. And I, if Dinwiddie is scoring the basketball, the Mavs offense becomes incredibly dangerous. Yes, it does. And so, and so I just I, – and one other thing about Draymond, this was a story briefly in the beginning of round two and then we all forgot about it. Draymond does have those two flagrant foul points. Ooh. Do you do – I would say it is more likely than not within the first three games of this series – Draymond gets at least one flagrant one on Luka. I think Luka will get under his skin. I, I And so then all of a sudden, Draymond probably has to adjust a bit how he plays because he's either one flagrant two or two flagrant ones away from being suspended. And so, I don't know. I just think it's a really – and I, I have massive respect for Draymond as a defender um, and, and as a playmaker. I think this is a really, really tough matchup for the Warriors. So, Nick, what do you think it is about Luka that makes him different than all the other European players we've seen? Like, we've seen other Euros come over here to the NBA, but it's like sometimes they have a reputation as being soft or, you know, you can rattle them pretty easy. Like, Luka is like a different animal. I've never seen a European player with his type of, like, he, he has a charisma about him, of course, but he is like... And an arrogance yeah, and a snarl, yeah, and he kind of yes. seems like an asshole. Yes. Like, all of this stuff. <laughs> um, I love it. I actually, I love it. I No, I listen, he's... He, he <laughs> you know, he... Other than Bron, he's my favorite player to watch in the league, and, you know, Bron just called him his favorite player, and if you remember a couple years ago... 
on Richard Jefferson and Channing, Channing Fry's podcast, LeBron said he wanted Luca. He went to Nike and told Luca that he wanted Luca to be the first and at that point the only team LeBron guy. Is you know how there's like Team Jordan that he wanted Luca to wear his shoes or his own version of his shoes, and Nike ended up putting him with Team Jordan, and that LeBron was kind of not upset but disappointed about that. I. Yeah, I, I listen. I love everything about the way Luca plays. I love the fact that he can play at his own speed at all times. I love the fact that the the way he can and where he's most similar to Bron is the court vision and the ability to just to just throw cross court passes after jumping that hit you right in your shooting pocket. It's just it's just remarkable. But to answer your question, why is he different? I think if he was playing in the second toughest league in the world when he was a child, when he was 16 years old and getting the shit beaten out of him, I think that that is so much more valuable than college basketball. I think playing against 30-year-old men, uh, sorry, my dog's freaking out, but I think playing against 30-year-old men uh, as a kid is just such valuable learning experience, and it's also why, if you, in Game Seven, Luca was not shook at all. Why was Luca not shook at all? He wasn't shook because he played for championships in Europe as a kid, because he had pl- t- played in elimination games in the Olympics with the country that had never even made the Olympics. He gets them to the medal round. He has played in a Game Seven against. Kawhi and Paul George, where he scored 46 points. He's played in these moments. And low-key, one of the things that helps the Mavs is Jalen Brunson has played in national championship games. Like, they've got real big game single elimination experience that a team as young as them should not have. You know what the craziest thing is when I sit here and watch Luka Donitz? When I sit here and watch Luka, Nick, a lot of people forget (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people forget this, but if Giannis would have cheated the grind, if he really would have cheated the grind in Milwaukee, we would be watching a Luca and Giannis duo in Dallas right now. What do you mean? If Oh, if he, yes, that he could have left. Yes. Oh, that's absolutely right. And Dallas had it all set up oh my God. financially to be able to do it. Now, you know, the other thing when I watch Milwaukee, I think about, I don't know if you follow Haralibos Vulgaris on Twitter. Um, but so he's he was at one point in time the world's most successful NBA better. He was he was making ten to twelve million dollars a year betting on the NBA. He then parlayed that to a job with the Mavs front office. He since has left the Mavs front office because well, a lot of reasons, but one of them is he was an early, early, early adapter in crypto and he has probably half a billion dollars. Like at this point he wants to maybe buy a team. But he has talked about how when he was with the Mavs, he was imploring them to hold on to their trade capital to trade for Drew Holiday because of what Drew would be next to Luka, because of how Drew would cover up some of Luka's uh, deficiencies on defense and how valuable he would have been. They ended up using that trade capital on Chris Stapps instead, which obviously was a mistake. But, yeah, I had forgotten that Giannis absolutely could have gone to Dallas and talk about two superstars that would have fit perfectly. 
I think that team would have been absolutely unbeatable. Luca and Giannis. They would have been better than Pippen and Jordan, Nick. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. The well, I don't think that's an outrageous take at all because Jan, whomever the second best guy in that is, oh. in your opinion, Luca or Giannis, is so much better than Pippen. You know what I mean? Like oh. it would have been, it it would have been the the best duo as far as guys at their apex is either Moses and Dr. J, but he Dr. J probably wasn't still at his apex. You could argue the second year of Braun and Wade, and Wade was barely off his apex, and then obviously Shaq and Kobe. Yeah. Um, Shaq and Kobe complemented each other perfectly. Uh, Giannis and Luka would have complemented each other perfectly. Man, let's get spicy real quick, Nick. You're on the Some okay. Dude Show right now, Cuffs the Legend, Nick Wright. Nick, I had an epiphany, man. Watching the Bucks and Celtics series and Game 7, I had an epiphany. <laughs> and and a lot of people, I, I, you know, I'm gonna get some backlash for this, but he's not better than LeBron James at basketball, man. Giannis, Giannis, I'm listen, I'm telling you, even at age 37, like I watched this series, man, it's still certain things and it's certain deficiencies in Giannis' game, especially his shooting, like our freak of nature, athletically, man, but but skill wise. I still but, don't think he's a better player than so, LeBron. Listen, so here's the thing, and I've got to stay consistent with this. I think that skill is slightly overrated in NBA Twitter and NBA circles, and I think effectiveness is underrated. So this gets oh, – I'm going to go back to Drew Holiday. I got in a big argument with uh, – not a big argument, but a debate on TV um, it, with my co-host Chris Broussard because I said Drew Holiday's better than Kyrie Irving. Ooh, that's and cool. listen, Kyrie's a better ball handler. Kyrie's a better shooter. Kyrie, you know, is exponentially more likely to go for 40 points, all these things. It looks better. But Drew Holiday, say it again. It looks better, aesthetically. It looks better, absolutely, though that's not even close. But Drew Holiday, the availability, plus the defense, plus the consistency, plus all of it, he impacts winning more than Kyrie has since Kyrie left Braun. So is LeBron more skilled than Giannis? Obviously. And if you were to tell me, even today at age 37, it is, you know, a game seven of a playoff series. Now, Giannis did score 50 to win the final, so I'm not taking anything away from him. But even more than just game seven, if you're telling me it's a tie game going into the fourth quarter, LeBron still might be my number one pick in the league. In that regard, I agree with you. But because of what Giannis can do over the totality of a season and even the totality of a series on both ends, and we, he might not have the prettiest shot and he might not have the biggest bag, but I did just see him in a, over a postseason, average 35. I saw him hang 50 to win a title. Like, however he does it, it's effective. So I've got to give Giannis the nod. And what is definitely true is at this point in his career, he is a much better defensive player than LeBron is. But what's all, like LeBron is a victim of his own excellence in this regard, which is at, when Durant got swept in round one, some of, you know, he caught some heat as he should have, but the commentary somewhat quickly went to, listen, we've got to be fair in that, Kevin Durant is in his 15th year. He's in his mid-30s. And, you know, he might be entering a different phase of his career. 
And so it's like, okay, like I will buy that, except for the fact that I just saw a guy in his 17th year at in his at 35 win a title. And then and the next year looked like the league he was going to be a league MVP in his 18th year until he got hurt. And so there is an element of it is it is an absurdity. The most points anyone has ever averaged in at age 37 or older uh was it was either it's either year 19 or age 37. I'm not sure which. I think it's I think it's age 37. But it was 14 and Bron just averaged 30. Like it's the 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 standard there is an unfair one, but I can't say at this point that he's that in the totality of a season I'd have him above Giannis. I think that I, I think that it's Giannis one, Luca two, and then there is a you, there's a group of guys in Bron, Durant, Steph, to, in arguing for the three four five. And then Jokic and Embiid in that six-seven spot, and I don't know what you do with Kawhi because last time we saw Kawhi, he was unbelievable, but we haven't seen him in over a year. So let's be clear, Nick. Let's be very clear right here on the Some New Show. Kevin Durant was never better than LeBron James at any point. It, it, am I tripping when I? I say don't that? know how anyone could. I don't know how anyone could say he was. I would just like them to point out the time. So, like, I just don't – it. so it's it, – when was it? Because it certainly wasn't, you know, when Durant was with the Thunder. There's just – the you know, the Thunder are up 3-1 on a Warriors team that then blows a 3-1 lead to Bronx. So it's not then. People will say, what about 2017? Man, LeBron averaged a 30-some point triple-double in those finals. And Durant – yes, Durant hit that shot. But I does anyone – the question I would ask is, to anybody who wants to point to 2017 and 2018, is if you flip-flop Durant and Braun, the, do the Warriors not win those titles? Of course not. Conversely, if you put Durant on the 2018 Cavs, they don't sniff the finals. They don't sniff the finals. And instead, you know, like – when it looked like it was going to the, – what hurts Durant is, as great as he is, and he's one of the all-time greatest players, is that 2018 playoff run for Braun, which is, I think you could argue, his, his most amazing – Van Gundy called it in real time his greatest individual achievement. It certainly might be. But the eight 40-point playoff games, the two buzzer beaters, and then the greatest individual game of basketball anyone's ever played, the game one of the finals – it's hard to argue Durant was better than him at that point. It's just very hard. And then, even if you wanted, well, what about the next year? You could. 2019 would have been the moment. 2019 would have been the moment because LeBron got hurt, LeBron missed the playoffs, and Durant played great. But then Durant, unfortunately, popped his Achilles, and the next year, Bron wins the title and finals MVP. And so, it's just, it's, Unless we're going to say, like, there's this three-month period in 2019 when LeBron's got a torn groin and Katie's cooking and he's the two-time, pardon me, defending champ finals MVP, you could argue that. But to me, I actually talked about this on the show today because the question was, if Luka wins the title, uh, is he the best player in the league? And I said in my – 
So, yeah, but you're not as high on Giannis as I am. But yeah, but <laughs> yes. so, but Hell yeah. they, I, they said Giannis was the best player in the world last year after he won the title. So, hey, what's the difference? Well, the, correct, but Giannis also had two league MVPs and two finals MVPs. I'm sorry, and a defense player of the year award to go along with it beforehand. But the point that I was making there is the best player in the league title has been held by at most 13 people. It was Wilton Russell throughout the 60s. It was Kareem for nearly the entirety of the 70s. It was Moses Malone briefly. Then Bird and Magic batted it back and forth in the 80s. Then it was Jordan. Then obviously Akeem. Then back to Jordan. Then Shaq. Then Duncan. Then most people would argue Kobe. I, I, I'm not sure if I agree with that, but let's call it Kobe. Then Braun for a decade. Then Giannis. So, like, if the – that is – you know, it's only 13 names of people that have ever been the best player in the world – now, some, I guess you could argue, what about Isaiah Thomas when he was winning back-to-back titles? I still don't think Isaiah was better than Magic or Michael at that point, but he did keep beating them both, so maybe it's 14 guys. Um, but it's it's a very short list, and to get us back to the original point, I you know I am very confident Luka will hold, hold that title soon, maybe in a month, but certainly very soon. So no matter what basketball conversation you have, Nick, it always seems like somebody is always going to find a way, you know, to bring up LeBron James's name in any basketball combo at the barbershop. You could be at work. You could be anywhere talking basketball, especially like 80s and 90s basketball, like the era that we grew up in watching. Like, why do you feel like some of the older generation players, like, I, I feel like they don't show LeBron enough love, to be honest. Like, MJ just showed him a little love at the All-Star game. We saw that. But why do you feel like a lot of older generation players – don't show LeBron as much love. I well, I think there's a number of reasons. <laughs> I think it, for I think for MJ, it's purely territorial, and it is you know out of you know it, it is it is not a joke, and it is not a coincidence that MJ authorized the last dance to be made the day after the Cavs beat the Warriors. Right? I think that's the first point. I think the second point is a lot of the guys. You're talking about 80s and 90s guys, but a lot of the guys from the early 2000s competed against LeBron. They have since retired, started entirely different careers, and LeBron is still like in MVP conversations. He's still the second most recent finals MVP winner. Only Giannis has won that more recently than him. Like He's still in the conversation. And I also think that some of it is just nostalgia and the fact that all of us want that the the era we fell in love with a sport to be the best and certainly if it's the era you played in like you people crush the eastern conference when lebron was running through it but they don't give the eastern conference the same treatment when jordan was running through it when like people have made the 90s knicks into something far greater than they ever were. You know what I call the it. The 90s Knicks had one great player in Patrick Ewing, who is, depending on, you know, on your list, he's somewhere, you know, somewhere no better than 35, no worse than 50 of the greatest players ever. Like, he was, he was a great player, but 
not, you know, not a, he was, a, in my opinion, a touch beneath a Barkley or a David Robinson from his own era and far beneath Akeem Olajuwon. And that was the only all-star on those teams. Yeah. Like, they didn't have another all-star. People, it's the same reason people act like Reggie Miller was something other than a guy who, for his career, averaged 18 points, three rebounds, three assists, and was never, ever an MVP candidate and a first-team All-NBA guy. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. It's nostalgia. Now, listen, in the 90s, in the East, the Magic briefly were a potential juggernaut. But the Magic played the Bulls in the playoffs twice, and they split with them. The Magic got, like, the Bulls... The Bulls lost to the Magic Jordan's first year back from baseball. And so now the, the in the finals, those Bulls teams beat some awesome teams. Don't get me wrong. But they they act like the East in the nineties was something it wasn't. It was a bunch of and, it was a bunch of bodybuilders, Nick. Let's say it. <laughs> well, it's just well, it's just the East in the eighties was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. But that but when that but when it was unbelievable, Jordan couldn't get out of it. And so it just it's to me there is a lot of revisionist history. It, just like I don't like when people say, Oh, if Michael Jordan wanted to be a good three point shooter, he would have been. That's such <laughs> bullshit. Now obviously guys didn't shoot the three as often, it's not even close as they did do now. That's clear. But the threes he took, he wanted to make. It's not like he was intentionally missing them. (laughs) And the only years Jordan was even a competent three-point shooter was the years he played when they had shortened the line. As soon as they moved it back out, he was bad at it again. And so it's just there is a level of just Paul Bunyan stuff with Michael Jordan that a lot of people and a lot of the opinion makers – came up in that era, and they have a lot of their own careers and nostalgia tied to the legend of Jordan. So if I put a pie graph in front of you, Nick, if I put a pie graph in front of you, and I say what percentage of LeBron James haters are Michael Jordan fans, what percentage of that pie graph would you see? Uh, I'd say 70%. I'd say 25% are diehard Kobe folks. And cause a lot of the Kobe folks then became Durant people. Um, and then 5% are just natural contrarians. Well, and that's, we're just going to remove the folks that hate him because they're avowed racists, right? We're just going to remove, we're not talking about the folks who, who the reason they hate him is because of his political stances and social justice stuff. Take those people out. If we're talking about actual basketball people that you can talk to, yeah, I'd say around three out of four are it's about Jordan. So when did you when did you become a LeBron fan? When did you officially become a LeBron oh, fan? So this is people ask me this because so you said at the beginning, I'm from Kansas City. And so I obviously grew up without a team. But I'm I'm high school class of 03, which is the same year that LeBron graduated from St. Vincent St. Mary's. And I wasn't by no means was I some great athlete, but basketball was my favorite sport and basketball was my best sport. And my high school basketball team would get together at my house 
every, my senior year, every time St. Vincent St. Mary's played on ESPN, because we thought it was so cool that this team that was, they were the same age as us were on ESPN. And so I watched him all through his senior year of high school. I didn't really, I, I, when I was a little, little kid, I was a Knicks fan because my mom was from New York and took me to a game there when I was very young. So I was like, well, we don't have a team best in the favorite sport. I guess I'll be a Knicks fan. But at this point now, the Knicks have been terrible. Ewing's gone. Sprewell's gone. Like, uh, I don't really have a connection to the team anymore. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to be a fan of this guy. Like, he seems like he's going to be, you know, one of the greatest players ever. He's exactly my age. I'll be able to watch him from the very beginning. And so it was while he was still in high school because he was the same high school class as me. And, you know, much like I was saying about the Jordan people, I now, you know, I had I some nostalgia tied up into it. When, you know, that, hey, this is the guy I watched when I was in high school. And so that's that's how it happened. And so... When I got right out of college on the radio in Kansas City, uh, that summer, my right, I mean, six weeks after graduating from college, when I first got my on-air job at the radio in Kansas City, which was a weekend show, was right after the 48 special had happened. And so, you know what I mean? I kind of documented the radio shows and now TV shows every step of his career. Which version of LeBron is the best version to you, Nick? Which version? 2013, 2016, 2018? What's the best? 2018's the most fun. The, I, the, I, the, the, you have to do it all and still find a way to do it is the most fun version of it. And 2018 was, to me, the most awe-inspiring because that team was trash. They were terrible. And, (laughs) I mean, and the way he carried it in that playoff run, culminating in what should have been a win in game one of the finals. Now I still think they lose the championship. That would have just been, you know, an unbelievable accomplishment. Uh, That, to me, was the favorite. The most devastating, you know, the the best – so my favorite was 2018. An underrated one is the 0809 uh Braun in Cleveland when they're winning 60 plus games that you know the year he averaged 39 8 and 8 in the series against the Magic and lost with Mo Williams. Um, with the, Mo Williams. Yeah, exactly right. The, but the probably the best was 2013 when he shot 60% you know, on twos and uh, 40-some percent on threes and, and was the best defensive player in basketball. And, you know, that year, it sucks because a couple voters fucked it up. But, you know, he was one vote away from being the unanimous MVP. And he finished second in Defensive Player of the Year voting. But the guy who won Defensive Player of the Year, Mark Gasol, was not even first-team all-defense. It was a weird spot. So, like, that year could have been... It could have been unanimous MVP, defensive player of the year, plus game-winning jumper to win game seven of the finals. It could have been considered the greatest start-to-finish season anyone's ever had. Instead, I think it gets a little forgotten. So 2018 was my favorite. 
2013 was the best, and obviously 2016 was the most important. Oh, man, 2013, I was there for a lot of those games down in Miami, man, and and I tell people the stories all the time, Nick. Seeing him play basketball in person in his in his peak prime, it, it was literally like watching a video game in real life, Nick. Zach Lowe's got a great anecdote that that so that version of LeBron, 2012, 2013, Miami LeBron, that Zach Lowe was talking to a guy, a coach who works or on a team for a team, not the Heat, who said they had developed some type of, I don't know, computer program or whatever, however he described it, where it, it, it's able to take video, basketball video, and track where the offensive players are and where the ball is and superimpose on the video ghost defenders to show where the perfect defensive positioning would be. And that this coach told him that when they do it with heat games – regularly LeBron was beating the ghosts to where they were supposed to be. So like they had a computer program showing you what the perfect defense would be at the perfect moment. And that, that, you know, that year LeBron was faster and quicker to the spot than the ghosts were, which like that's, that is, that's one of the LeBron MJ things that irritates the shit out of me is when people just flippantly say Jordan was a better defender. Flatly, that is untrue. Not only can LeBron guard all five positions, but at his peak, he was clearly the best defensive player in the league. Clearly. Now, Jordan might have been as well. He did win Defensive Player of the Year. But, like, that that gets forgotten, and I think that's outrageous. That's one thing on LeBron's resume that I wish he had, that Defensive Player of the Year, because I feel like he got robbed for it a couple times. And, it's, it, and I feel like the, people are always going to try to use that they always are going to say it. They're always going to say the guys who win MVP and Defense Player of the Year. And, you know, it's big men plus Jordan and it, it, Giannis, depending on if you call him a big man or not. And 2013, again, Mark Gasol was tied for second team all defense and won Defensive Player of the Year that year over Brock. It was crazy. So I asked Big Perk this question. I had Kendrick Perkins on the podcast recently, and I asked him this question. Where do you want to see LeBron James play in his final season, Nick? The farewell tour. Where do you want to see LeBron play his final year? Oh, gosh. I don't think it's realistic. Um, But, and it's weird to say because there was such like a seemingly rivalry. But, as he gets older, I find him more and more likable. I would, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I would <laughs> like to see old man LeBron and old man Steph play together. Bro, like. I think that would be so much fun. Um, you know, he obviously, I think, would love to play with Luca. I actually don't, you know, I don't think that's as, as clean of a fit as he and Steph. Um but I, you know, I, I think he and Steph would be pretty unbelievable to watch. They're, they're both, you know, LeBron's 40 and Steph's 37. And they're, you know, and they're just trying to win a title. I think that'd be pretty fun. Man, that's a real spicy take, Nick, because I, I got some opinions on it. That I'm going to save, but you, you're, okay. you're kind of warm right there with the Steph Curry thing. I've been hinting at that for a while. Yep. Are your Kansas City Chiefs going to regret trading Tyreek Hill, Nick? Well, so here's the deal. Like, 
it obviously in the very short term makes them at least slightly worse. However, I'm going to say a couple things. One is I think that um, let's use Luca as an example, right? I think Luca is an offense unto himself. So if you're building out the Mavs, obviously you want to have shooters, but you also want to have versatile defenders because that's where he's going to need some help. What has hurt the Chiefs the last few years is not that they couldn't score enough points. It's that the defense has been terrible. And so being able to trade Tyreek, get five draft picks, and now you have five chances to acquire high-level, incredibly cheap defensive players, I think long-term, that's the smart move. I also think that the NFL went a little crazy in the wide receiver market this year, Hmm. and paying $30 million, the whole point of having a quarterback as good as Mahomes is you shouldn't have to spend 15% of your salary cap on a wide receiver. And so I was sad when it happened because it was such a dynamic, you know, duo, but I'm not, I think they're going to be fine. And I think long-term the, the chiefs, you know, goal is to be competing for Super Bowls for the next 10 years. If Mahomes were 36 instead of 26, I would have hated it. But because of where he is in his career, I, I get it. I totally get it. So do you feel like Pat Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the NFL? Because I see some similarities. I've know? heard people say that. I I don't know. I'm not great on the cross-sport comparisons. As far as how he changes the game, like, I can buy that. But I, listen, I don't think anyone's ever been more talented at the position. Um, and I know I said when it comes to basketball, I think talent is sometimes overrated. The, the you know, he has produced. I mean, he's started in this league four years. He's hosted the AFC Championship game all four times. He's been to two Super Bowls with 1-1. Um, probably should have won another one. And so he's been on the massive stage throughout his career, and I would say he's failed to produce. Like, he screwed it up one time. The second half, you know, the most recent half of football he played against the Bengals, I don't know. It seemed like this, the screw-up right before the half really messed with his head. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's going to go down at worst as one of the five greatest quarterbacks ever and, and potentially higher than that. So we get in a rematch, Nick, we get in a rematch. My boy, Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, Super Bowl rematch. I love, I would love that. We kicked your ass. We kicked your ass. I know. I know. (laughs) What what we got? What we got this year? Bucks are that going to be that great this year. I might be wrong. I, it's not a knock on Brady. Listen, the, me doubting Brady has bit me too many times. But I I don't know if I trust the Bucks overall. And I don't think Brady does, which is why Brady was trying to leave to go play for somebody else and it just didn't play out the way he wanted it to. If I'm out here doing Super Bowl picks in May, then I, 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 I'm, I'm shooting all my bullets too early. I'm focused right now on the NBA Finals. Let's get it. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think we're getting Mavs heat part three. Oh, man, spicy, Nick. So let's finish up right here with what I call a game of three-piece spicy, Nick. I'm going to ask you three spicy questions, and I just want you to give me your 100% unfiltered answer. All right, you got it. How many Super Bowl rings will Pat Mahomes have on his mantelpiece when he retires, Nick? Four. Four. Ooh, four. Woo. That means he got to win a couple back-to-backs. He got to win a back-to-back to get four, I think. So who wins a game of one-on-one? 
Nick Wright or Skip Bayless? Oh, Nick Wright, because I mean, I'm I'm 30 some years younger than him. Now, Skip is. See, I got to give Skip credit, man. Skip is rocked up. Skip is in unbelievable shape. Um, but I don't think he plays basketball that much. I still play occasionally, and you know, I played. I used to play regularly, and so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say me. I mean, I'm. I mean, yeah, I mean, just, I, mean, it, I got a huge age advantage on that. The best basketball player on FS1, though, is Broussard. Broussard played college ball, and Wilds is good, too. I'm the worst basketball player on my own show. Broussard played college ball, and Wilds is good. But, I, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it myself the nod over Skip. No disrespect to Skip. Chris Broussard got game like that? Who 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 is game remind you of, Chris Broussard? Oh, I don't know. Some old dude from the 80s, but I mean, he did play. Because <laughs> some people call you the reverse Skip Bayless. Some people call you that because, you know, Skip goes hard on LeBron. What's wrong with Skip, man? Is it, is it really an act or is he really just doing it for show? Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think anything Skip does is an act. And I'm not going to say anything's wrong with him. We just have, he and I have very different opinions on LeBron James. But Skip is one of the greatest in the history of the world at what he does. And to me, like the results speak for themselves. With him. So if you can have only one food, one food, one restaurant in Kansas city for the rest of your life, Nick, what Kansas city restaurant are you taking number one overall in the draft? Uh, there's so many great barbecue joints and Arthur Bryant's my favorite barbecue joint. Also, I live in Kansas city or I live in New York. Uh, but I still think the best Chinese food restaurant in America is a hidden gym in Kansas City called Bo Ling's. But if I can only have one Kansas City restaurant, the answer is Stroud's. The fried chicken is amazing. The steak is great. The fried shrimp is, like, not even really on the menu, and it's the best fried shrimp I've ever had. Stroud's is my favorite restaurant in the country. I miss it so much. Oh, there you have it, Nick Wright on the Some Do Show. Before I let you go, Nick, I got to ask you, man, how is how is Chris Carter doing, man? We miss seeing him on TV talking sports, man. How is CC doing, man? Uh, oh, he's doing good. I mean, listen, he's working for the NFL, living in sunny, beautiful Florida. You know, he, a man who hated dogs now has two dogs he seems to absolutely love. <laughs> he's doing great with his wife. He's living, you know, he's enjoying himself, and you still see him on TV occasionally, and he's doing great stuff with the NFL. He's doing great. Nick Wright, keep talking your shit, man. Keep bringing that heat on FS1, man. I'm a fan of the show. Keep doing your thing, and I appreciate you stopping by, taking time out of your busy schedule. So we got Luka Donage winning it all, Nick. That's what I hope, man. That's what I've been saying. I got to stick with it. We're this close. I appreciate you, man. Keep crushing it. Man, thank you a lot, Nick. All right, talk to you later.